What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Vols Deep Podcast. Episode four is officially in progress. Oh, I thought you had over five. It messed me up. Uh, no Spanky today. He's too cool for us, but we did find a good replacement. We've got the Spur. How you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing good. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, Spur's a big Tennessee fan. Uh, local DJ does does a little bit of everything. Um, happy to have him on the show. As always, my right hand man Corbin's here. How you doing, man? I'm doing all right. And we have a good show for you. We actually have our first live show. Uh, We'll tell you about that coming up. We're going to talk Tennessee baseball updates. Um, Got an interview with Tennessee standout offensive lineman Addison Nichols. Going to talk about transfer Olivier Cumwall. 247, they released their top 25 football coaches going into the 2023 season. We're going to talk about them. Um, Watwell Neyland Stadium. Thompson Bowen Arena transition into a bunch of new, a bunch of new cool ideas brewing in Knoxville. We've got the duel. We've got start bench cut. We have Florida, Alabama, Georgia, all coming your way next. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's the Vol Daddy. I want to give a big shout out to the Fairview Union. Great musicians, local people. Chad's from my hometown. They were gracious enough to let us use their music for our podcast. Make sure you check them out. They're huge Tennessee fans. You won't be disappointed. Let's hear them play. I'm a hundred thousand, can't get louder. Gators, come and get your song. Yeah, we'll be singing our song. We're all ball, bring it on. We're all ball, bring it on. The ball Navy's getting crazy on the Tennessee. We're tailgating, just waiting for that power tea. We're Are you looking for a place to tailgate this season? Look no further than the Volunteer Club. Free food, free drinks, free games, and an open bar. Yes, I said open bar. Also, you're going to get things like watch parties, shirts, decals, koozies, exclusive video content, special events, meet and greets, etc. You absolutely cannot beat the Volunteer Club for as little as $5 you can join today. Click on my QR code, screenshot my QR code, or message me for a direct link and come tailgate with the best of the best. Go Vols. And we're back. Next, we've got the weekend recap. Um, We're going to talk Tennessee baseball first. Game one, Mother Nature sure did (laughs) make us wait this one out. Uh, 22 hours. After the first pitch was thrown, the you know the game finally ended. Um, you know Tennessee. Every time they would get in rhythm, they would call the game. Um, just you know, momentum with the bats would start, and then they would get lightning in the area. Um, made a nice run, you know, the second day, but just didn't have enough to to pull that one out. That's a very tough first game, though. We had it there in that. What was it? The bottom of the fifth when we were scoring, the, the umpires scored. Yeah, like, called that bullshit. Yeah, you know, you <laughs> strike. know. As an umpire, you know, we're taught that that the first sign of the lightning, then we're supposed to get the players off the field. But 
it was a bit ridiculous. Tennessee had momentum there in the fourth inning. They were down by four runs. Uh-huh. Two runners on with one out and a 1-1 count, and you pull them off the field. You know, you could let that batter finish his at bat, maybe maybe complete that half inning. There was no immediate threat going on at the time. You know, the storm was still a good 10, 12 miles away. Right. The skies were blue, you know. Let, let, the, let the game play itself out, at least for a minute. Then you could pull them off the field. Uh, that just killed any momentum Tennessee had right then. And then, then of course – we had to wait 18 or 19 hours to, to right. finish it out, and, you know, it just wasn't the same since then. I mean, you pull them off the field, and then you put them under uh, bleachers. bleachers. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> metal bleachers? Yeah, just, just an embarrassment. Put them, yeah, put them under metal bleachers. That's safer. Um, but were y'all worried after this five five to three loss after game one? Or I wasn't too bad. I, I knew we'd make a comeback in game two, only because Tennessee always plays from behind. It seems like the way to do it. When their backs are against the wall, that's when they played their best. So, you know, they're cardiac kids right now. We'll we'll see what happens. Uh, hopefully soon. Right. Yeah. I kept I kept thinking about just our. You know, I knew that uh, Southern Miss they had their ace for game two, but we're just so deep. Our bullpen is so that's kind of what I kept kept going back to. But game two, the Fighting Vitellos, they capitalized off a of just a massive fourth inning. I was very worried until that fourth inning. But, you know, down 4 nothing, you saw the team come together. They, fought, you know, fought their way out, ended up winning 8-4. to four. And that, that home one by, by Blake Burke, I don't oh. know if it's landed yet. Uh, uh, 479 feet. It would have been the, the fifth longest home run in Major League Baseball this year yeah. if he was playing in the pros. He hit that church. With the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Broken windshield, maybe. Left yeah. a lot of players on base, though. Yeah, we did leave – yeah, we're – you know, one of the biggest downfalls, you know, it seems like that we, we do that a lot. But what a finish by Chase Dolander. Um, he was fired up, and he had me fired up. I was ready to, you know, start eating some some glass over here. But, um, you know, Blake Burke, it was his 20th, 20th birthday, too, so that was pretty that was pretty cool. Happy birthday to him. And Tony, you know, I love who Tony is. I love the fire, the passion. But he was just so calm, and it's just cool to see – Kind of his transition to, you know, just kind of – he's maturing as a coach too, you know. You couldn't tell if they were up by 10 runs or down by 10 runs. He just sat there with that same expression. He was just like, right. we've got this. And, yeah. and he knew it. That confidence that he that he instills into all of his players, you know, it, it, it it's, it's awesome. Yeah, he's definitely using it at the right time. And, you know, he's using the fire at the right time. And this player's coach. So, um, obviously still waiting on game three. This is pre-recorded, so as we're recording this, we're actually waiting to see if we're going to play today. Yeah, it it's was on a Monday. Well, it's supposed to be six. Now they're saying nine. Um, It'll end sometime Tuesday morning. Yeah, <laughs> just NCAA, just horrible. I mean, this whole series. They've they've seen the weather for you know everybody knew this was coming. Um, you know, you have game one going like it did. Now you've got game three going like like it is. Um, it's just horrible. I mean. I will say I'm glad they, they delayed the game in advance instead of getting the, the players out there warming up and right. arms warmed up and then pulling back off instead that at least they've been able to to wait and we'll see how it goes later on tonight. Now, yeah. isn't there a rule? Like if it goes four days and you can't play in four days of the uh, series starting, both teams forfeit? I don't start any rumors, but I don't believe so. I, I, somebody's telling me that day, and I didn't ever heard think- that before, but – I think even in the Supers, you have to play nine. They're going to finish the game. I don't even think they'll let you play yeah. seven innings. I wasn't saying seven. I'm saying 
Oh, I know. The game in oh, I know. I'm just saying. I think that's how particular they are. Is you got to play the full nine. No there was what. a there's a certain uh, fun Twitter account that put that out there earlier today. Oh, that, that is may or may not be the most accurate. <laughs> oh, I know you're talking about then. Um, Tennessee softball, obviously pre-recorded show. So, but anyway, just want to give them a, a shout out for just an amazing year, and I think they'll definitely, absolutely, definitely be back. You know, it was. College basketball, we'd be in the Final Four for softball. So, right. Ashley yeah, Rogers played played ball not too far from here, Meigs County. I had to umpire a couple of her high school games, and uh, she may go down as the second greatest pitcher in Tennessee history. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I seen where I didn't know she was even from Meigs County until this year, but yeah, I've I've seen where some of the players around here have actually got to got to play her. So that's very cool. I, I ejected her head coach. Oh, really? <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> um. Olivier Cumwall, um, he decided to transfer to Michigan. Overall, solid career for him. Um, just very inconsistent. Um, but I don't know. I was always kind of confused as to what was wrong with him, kind of with the team. I mean, you would just see different versions of him. Hot or cold. Hot or cold. Yep. But with that being said, we don't beat Texas or Duke without him last year. So, um I don't know, mixed emotions with it, but. You know, I, I feel like that, that maybe he can go to Michigan and become the man there. Probably. Whereas where he's at Tennessee, he's got stars all around him. He's got Triple J and Santi and, and Ziegler. And, and so he's seen the writing on the wall this year. He knew he's just going to be another another number or another, you know, threat. But to be the man, he can do that at Michigan possibly. Yeah, he was the um, he was only Vol to start in all 36 games last season, so. I don't know. We're going to miss his defense. We're going to miss the defense. Um, any hard feelings? or I can't judge a kid for, for trying to better his own life. So, you know, at least he didn't go to, to Florida or Kentucky. Yeah, that is, that is true. Um, but, like, I mean, I think we're going to be fine. But if there were locker room issues or, you know, chemistry team issues, then, you know. I mean, Barnes is hard to play for. I mean, you, you got to – He he demands – you, you got to have, yeah, you got to be a, a certain type of player to be able to play for Barnes. So, if it's best for the team, and I mean, you never know, that could be what the, you know, we, what was we, talked about. or We certainly don't know what goes on inside the locker room right. in those coaches' meetings or, or practices all the time. So, um, wishing the best. Oh, yeah. Yeah, best of luck. Unless um, he plays us. Yeah. <laughs> at, least I, at least Michigan lost uh, that, that big center. That, what was his name? Uh, Dickerson, yeah, Dickerson. He's the one that destroyed us the year before last in, right. the, in the tournament. But I think he ended up going to. It was a rival. I can't remember who where it was, Kansas or something like that. Yeah. But um, anyway, we've got our first live show. Uh, me and Corbin. This coming Saturday, June seventeenth, from nine to five. We'll be at the Smoky Mountain Convention Center doing the Smoky Mountain Sports Showcase. Uh, make sure you like them on Facebook. Um, we're going to do some giveaways and screw up our first live, Corbin. It's going to be fun, exciting. Uh going to be different. Yeah. First live show, and we'll go on all in. All out. We ain't, we ain't doing it in the Go big or go home, guys. <laughs> yeah. Get it done. We're not doing it in the vault cave or anything like that. But Appreciate them for inviting us, though. Yeah, oh yeah, it was awesome. It was kind of a surprise, um, but yeah, we'll we'll take it. We're fired up. We'll, we might even break out the break out the overalls early on on them this year. And it's coon, coon skin over here. 
coonskin hat. You know, you'll have at least one viewer. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tune in and watch live. <laughs> well, that'll, that'll be worth it. Um, just want to give a shout out. Great news academically uh, for Tennessee football. Highest team semester GPA in program history. Um, 76 student athletes with a 3.0 GPA or higher. 25 student athletes made the dean's list. Yeah, that's so awesome. that was, you know, just just hat tip to Coach Heifel and kind of the standard that he's putting in place. Also, Parker McKinney, just want to give a shout-out to him. Cofield, Cofield boy, uh, a lot of people from around here don't, you know, have never done what, what he's done. He got invited to the uh, Manning Passing Academy. So very cool uh, Eastern Kentucky quarterback well he holds i think he's broke every record in for the quarterback position in eastern kentucky history yeah and he could um he could have left there and and played you know somewhere bigger and I, I mean who knows what he does after this he's still i saw online when he, he's on espn.com as a nfl draft prospect oh really even. i mean I, and there's a lot of teams i mean players that come from them uh fcs schools yeah. Make a career out of it. The little little kid from single A Cofield gonna make it big time. We hope. Right. Yep. Be the. We've had a, you know we've had a few, but but nothing nothing like this. But just congratulations, and that was our weekend recap. We'll be right back with our first main talking point. ZNN Concrete are the professionals you need to call for all of your concrete finishing needs driveways, sidewalks, curbs, garage pads, footers, and much more. They can do it all. No job is too big. No job is too small. Give ZNN Concrete a call today, 865-360-6176, residential or commercial. That's ZNN Concrete, 865-360-6176. And we're back. We've got our first main talking point of the day presented by Big Orange Concrete Pumping. For our talking point today, 247 put out their 2023 top college football coaches going into this season. We're going to break that down. Um, so let's just start at number 25. I'll let you go first, Spur. Steve Sarkeesian. You know, he's at Texas. I think he's going to be a little bit unproven as a, as a head coach. Uh, done a great job as a coordinator in uh, – We'll see what the future holds for him. I think 25 is a good starting spot for him. His Texas. I mean, he, he may do something this year, but when he comes to SEC next year, it's going to be a whole, whole different ball game for him. So, when he gets to SEC, then we'll see what he's made of. Yeah. That is a very good point of, you know, holding off, you know, just kind of seeing what he's got. I mean, I think he's a horrible person. But uh, I've got – I don't know. I think you could possibly put him in the in the top 20. Um, especially if he takes off them dumb glasses that he likes to wear. But, uh, I mean, he lost to Bama by one. Um, he got screwed, in my opinion. Uh, Saban got the, the treatment in full effect uh, that day. But um, he dragged Oklahoma 49 nothing. He did lose to Oklahoma State, lost to Texas Tech, TCU and Washington. But all of them was seven points or less. Um, I mean, I, I – I think Texas is going to be pretty good under him. Um, number 24, Shane Beamer. Oh. Good old little USC. USC juniors, Shane Beamer. You know, 
as far as a coach goes, he's got potential. He's got potential to be a great coach uh, if he can't can stay on his own way. Uh, we all know what happened down there last year, and uh, I'm still sore about it. But yeah, but uh, 24, I, I mean, it's a little little low for him. I think you should be uh, in the upper teens, maybe. Oh wow, Corbin. I don't believe so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't either. I, I actually think uh, he should be with the one on this list removed. Put Jeff uh, Trailer from UTSA in on this list. I'd probably put him probably top 20 because what he's done with Texas, Texas San Antonio is pretty amazing. He's got a uh, – see here, 30 and 10 record with Texas San Antonio, back-to-back conference champions, back-to-back CUSA coach of the year. That's a team that's only been around since 2011. Right. You know, this this year for, for Beaver is really a proving year for him. He's done the talking now. Let's see if he can actually walk in this SEC. If he can, then then maybe we can discuss putting him higher. Yeah. Uh, I think he's Butch Jones 2.0, and I hate this dumbass. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just get, I, I mean, get him, him out of my top 25. I mean, he, he was on the, in his mouth. He was on the hot seat all year until the last two games of the season. Um, lost to Mizzou. Um, lost to an Arkansas team that was just banged up, um, barely squeezed by Kentucky without Will Levis. They're starting running back and pretty much their entire offensive line. Barely beat Vanderbilt. Um, the worst Florida team in 20 years beat them 38-6. to six. Um, And they lost to one of the worst Notre Dame teams in, in years in the bowl game. So, I'm not – I'm – Take your Beamer ball and go to around – Broke her hearts. Yeah. <laughs> go around number 30 for me. Um, number 23, Mac Brown, North Carolina. The ACC's looking for a dominant team again because I think Clemson's on the, on the decline. So, Mac Brown, North Carolina, they, they have a chance. Nah. I feel like Mac Brown's just at the end of his career. Like, this is like it for him and – I don't have no confidence in him doing anything with North Carolina. I've heard this from North Carolina how many times. Remember that one year they started out ranked like eighth, seventh, sixth, something like that, and they had all the players get suspended, and then they fell out. And then they done it again, what, five years ago. Oh, we're top ten ranked for North Carolina <laughs> over here. And then same thing's going to happen. It don't matter. It's, it's just North Carolina football is just never going to get to that point that they should be. Are, are, they, the, are they the Kentucky of football at the ACC? You know, basketball school they, trying they, to be they, they, they they very well could be, yeah. They are. That's a pretty good I, comparison. I'd say Duke, but Duke's just uh, – that's yeah. like Vanderbilt, you know. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think uh, I think Mac Brown as a coach deserves it just a little bit better. But let's be honest, like like you all, North Carolina has never been, you know, relevant or – I don't know. They if, just have lack of resources for football and I don't know. I mean, I think a top 20 spot would be fair for just Mac Brown – as a coach, but I'd say well, top twenty for coach, but I just yeah, feel like it's, it's the end for him. Yeah, it's the end. We're not. Yeah, we're not talking about you know him back in the day. So yeah, it's twenty twenty three. I would say his Texas run. Damn yeah, good, damn good run. Right. Damn good run. Yep. All right. Now we're gonna go to number twenty two. We've got Dave Aranda, Baylor. You know, Baylor's the forgotten team in Texas, mm-hmm. and they're always there. They're always competing. So. uh you know, we'll see what happens with him. I'm not very familiar with Dave Aranda myself, but but uh, we'll leave him right there at 22 for now. I know what he looks like. 
I don't watch much Baylor football. <laughs> I what I have watched was pretty some high profile games last so, year. It's, yeah. it's a beautiful campus. I've been there. Yeah, got a nice stadium. It's yeah. actually I'm so surprised at how much of a crowd comes out to Baylor football games. Honestly, like I would never have thought. <laughs> In the Dr Pepper Museum's next door. I taught you something. <laughs> but I would. I, I'd probably put him twenty to twenty five myself. Yeah, I think this is just about right for for Dave. Um, he's he's like shown flashes of being really good. Um, got, got to get that offense going. He's a defensive minded coach. Um, but got to improve. I mean, last year, what was they like six mm. and seven? Yeah, or, wasn't pretty. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't very pretty. Um, number twenty one, we've got Mike Norvell, Florida State. I ain't saw nothing out of him no. so far. I, I mean, it's hard to back up what Jimbo's done previous. And right now, Florida State's not the Florida State that I know. And how long has he been with Florida State? Three years now? Mm, Two years? It, it's something. It's That sounds right somewhere. I don't know. He, he's, he's barely got a winning record, I know. You know, he's he's almost like the Derek Dooley of Florida State. <laughs> uh, come, uh, coming in, you know, after Philip Fulmer at Tennessee and, and trying to fill some big shoes and uh, – you know, Florida State, just, just like North Carolina, has a chance to overtake Clemson in the ACC. Uh, let's just see if it can happen. Yeah, it's kind of kind of the same with you all. You know, I don't know. We'll just kind of leave him here, I guess, and, and see what's going on. Um, but a lot of people, they've got Florida State being the hottest team, you know, going into 2023. They've got, they've got a lot to prove. Um, I, think, I think that first matchup with – LSU is gonna mm-hmm. gonna tell a lot. Um, number twenty, Mario Crystal Ball, Miami, future star, future star coach. Uh, like I, him, I, I like him. I like to hire. I think he's gonna bring some energy to Miami. Uh, the Hurricanes may be back before we know it. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Miami's been trying to get back for twenty years now. The U. <laughs> We've been through that ourselves, I believe. Well, the thing with my. Miami's done no improvement, though, whatsoever. I haven't never saw any improvement. I mean, they've always said they've been going to be good. and What, they had that golden chain that one time and all that going around? They got pretty colors. I don't give a damn about their <laughs> colors. I don't hate Miami. I, I I would like to see Miami succeed. I ain't got a problem with Miami. It, it's good for college football, and, you know, a team like that's good, it's I my think. favorite Florida team, I believe. They're, they're just one of those teams I look yeah. at that's just always stuck in that same position, no matter yeah. what. There's a lot of hype around Miami right now. Um, they do. He does recruit very well. Um, but as of now, I mean, Mario don't belong in the top 20 for me, you know, until the U stops talking and media stops mm-hmm. talking and they, and they start doing. Um, yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. That's why I say future star. He's not yeah. there yet, but, but he can get there. He can get there with another, another team. Another team, we'll say that. You just don't like Miami, apparently. <laughs> huh? You just don't like Miami. I don't have a problem with Miami. It's just I've not – I've watched football my whole life, and I know how Miami is. Miami was good back in, like, 2000, 2001, I love 2003. You know, maybe The Rock could just drop the XFL and go coach at Miami. That's where he went to school, you know, played there. <laughs> then they do something because they don't right, want to go play for The Rock. But he's going to run for president, go coach a team. He's going to run – he's going to do everything. He may be the next dictator of North Korea. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, add it to his list. Number 19, Mike Gundy, Oklahoma State. Oh, the mullet. 
the mullet. <laughs> you know, he was. I miss the mullet, man. He was almost in Knoxville. I'm a man. I'm a I'm man. 40. I'm forty. I am forty. Forty-one now. <laughs> He's been there forever, too. You know, Since he just he just could never get past five? Big Brother Oklahoma. Uh, now Oklahoma's going to the SEC, so that may be out of his way. And uh, you know, nineteen seems about right for him. Uh, he's never been the man. And I like him. I've always liked him. I always liked his interviews. And his kids seem to play hard for him. I ain't got a problem with you. I think he's a pretty good coach, to be honest with you. Yeah. Oklahoma State's always pretty consistent, eight, nine wins a year. And he's always – they won't win many conference championships, but they've always competed. So, he's always been there as a hell of a coach. Yeah. Rumors of him to Tennessee, you know, had – had me excited for a little bit. It was better than some of the other names that was mentioned. Yeah, he. Uh, I think he kind of used us as a as a pivot to get more money. Made a little money. Yeah, I don't I, a bit. I, w- I was surprised kind of by this one. Um, I mean, he's been in Oklahoma since two thousand five. Um, Sixty seven point five percent win rate. Um, I, I think he's a great offensive coach. Um, I think they finished in the top. 10 and offense, I mean, a whole They're lot. High a whole team. lot. Um, but I like Gundy in the top 15 for me personally. Um, number 18, we've got Chris Kleiman. I believe that's how you say it. Had a good year last year. Kansas State, yep. High expectations this year, so we'll see if he can remain in the top 20 next year. I think he should be top 20. I'd, I'd put him on 15th because he's a – Last year, ten and four with Kansas State. Before that year, they was what two and ten, I think it was something yeah. like that. They was Kansas State's not a football team. Like I used to as a kid look at like who's got the worst records in all of college football history. And it was like UTEP and like University of Idaho and Kansas State was on the list. There's another like big surprise on the list. I forget who it was, but to Kansas State back two thousand three. Remember that two thousand three was it to Kansas State team that's so damn good. Yeah. Yeah. Well. I think he's going to get them back to that kind of level. Back. I think, honestly, this year Kansas State can compete for a Big 12 championship. Oh, wow. I'll wait for a bigger school to come try to gobble him up. I won't be surprised a bit if he went to another school. Yeah, I agree with this ranking as well. I mean, last year he beat like three national ranked teams. Um, he beat TCU last year in the Big 12 championship. Um, he's won 69 games in five years. At North uh, North Dakota State, so yeah, I, I agree with this. As hey, well. how many championships did he win with North Dakota State? I'm not sure on that one because they've won a lot of na- FCS national championships mm-hmm. the past 15 years. Number 17, Coach DeBoer, Washington. Is, it, is that is that Pac-12? Because I don't know a thing <laughs> about Pac-12 football other than other than Utah was fun to watch last year and USC lost to Tulane. That's all I remember. <laughs> Corbin. He's done good with them last year, 11-2. and That's about all I can say. Washington's just an always an up-and-down team. Don't know what they're going to do. Yeah, he's too he's too high for me personally. I think top 25 is fine, but he don't belong near the top 15. Weak schedule, haven't proved anything, and, like, it's the Pac-12. I already, so. I already missed a Pirate. Yeah. Yeah, RIP Pirate. Yeah. Number 16, Willie Fritz, <laughs> Tulane. Move him up. Move him up. Absolutely move him up. up. He, he, he may move have been up. he may have been in the candidate for coach of the year last year. Uh, took Tulane all the way to the cotton ball and embarrassed USC, which tickled me to death. Went 12-2 last year with Tulane. I'll tell you what, he won't be at Tulane long. 
I do agree with that. Yeah, I agree with this. Um, I could agree that he, you know, he should be ranked a little higher than this. I like it. Um, he was up for national coach of the year. Um, I don't know. Keep taking Tulane to the next level and keep moving on up, buddy. Number 15, Mark Stoops, Kentucky. Uh, that's a that's a tough one. I would love to see what Mark Scoops could do at a different school. You know he's got a quarterback coming in. Hundred percent. So. I I agree with it with this ranking. Um, honestly, um, Stoops like you like you just said, Stoops is better than Kentucky. Um, and I think he's reached Kentucky's ceiling. <laughs> you know, as far as football goes. When when I numbered these, I put Stoops at fourteen. Fourteen. Which is just one one above where they got him at now, and that's just because he's at Kentucky. I, I you know, what what could he do at, at a bigger school? Right. And I, I mean, I don't have anything against Stoops. Um, like I said, he's done wonders for he's done yeah. wonders for Kentucky. Um, number thirteen, Lane Kiffin. Oh, you skipped one. Oh, ah. probably because he's irrelevant. Uh, <laughs> number fourteen. Jimbo Fisher, Texas A&M. Costly. <laughs> $91 million. I, I, I had to put Stoops above Fisher just because of that. Uh, yeah, very, very costly. I think Jimbo's a good coach. I just – he just – I don't know. He can, he he got, can, I, I hate to say they're going to fire him because they're paying him so much money and they got to pay him so much money. But he's on the hot seat, I believe. I think we embarrass him in Neyland Stadium this year. I do, too. Um, th- this one's tough. Um, I mean, he's not done anything since Jameis Winston. Um, 37-17 at Texas A&M with, like, the best of the best players. Um, just says You can say what you want to, but he just, he's just buying them up. Um, I mean, you can't take the national championship from him, but he's, like, one season away in my opinion, from just falling out of the whole top 25, <laughs> in my opinion. But we can leave him here for now. Um, and now let's get to our old friend, Lane Kiffin, at number 13, Ole Miss. This is where I get kicked off this podcast. <laughs> I got Lane Kiffin as the seventh best coach in the country. I wow. think he's the third best in the SEC. Uh, I'd love to see what he could do at somewhere like Tennessee. But he's stuck at Ole Miss. I think he's a great offensive mind. Uh he can recruit, he can talk, he can promote. Uh, I've been on the lane train forever. I, I never fell off of it. I might have been upset for a while, but I was all on the lane train. So you said you have him third in the SEC? I have him third best in the SEC. So do you have him better than Heupel? I do. Wow, okay. That's coming up soon. I have him number seven overall. Okay. Corbin? I like Lane Kiffin. I'd put him top ten. I I love Lane Kiffin. Let's rephrase that. He's a hell of a coach. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I like – I mean, I I think Lane, um, he belongs around 10 or 11 for me. Um, He's struggling with, like, the NIL just to get get the money. But at the same time, he's doing really good on the portal. But I think he's a great coach. I think he's going to have a good good year this year. Um, My heart, I don't think, will ever heal from what he's done. But – that's a not none of us will ever forget. Nope. All right, number twelve, Sunny Docks, TCU. Uh, the Cinderella story last year was TCU. Yep. Uh, probably kept us from going to the playoffs. 
Uh, you know, so he did a hell of a job down there last year. Uh, they got him at twelve. I put him at number ten, uh, just because of what have you done for me lately? I'd move him back to. Uh, well, he's about right. Maybe one position back. He's not a bad coach. He's doing a hell of a job at TCU. Yeah, it seems like he's either in the past it's like really good or really bad. But man, I'm gonna go top ten just because he took his team to national championship in year number year number one. Um, he won ten national coach of the year awards last year. Um, they were picked fit, finished like seventh in the Big Twelve last year. So he was just so positive all the time. Yeah, the positive energy. Yeah. So yeah, I think top ten for for Sonny. That, that's just my opinion. No horny fogs. <laughs> Number 11, James Franklin, Penn State. I feel like this is about right for James Franklin. I, I put him at 12 overall. You know, he done wonders at, at Candy. And, you know, at Penn State, he's just kind of been there. You know, and they're, they're, they've not dominated. They haven't gotten over the hump of Ohio State and Michigan. So, I, 11, 12, I'm good with that. I feel like uh, James Franklin, Penn State's one or two steps away from competing with the Big Ten, like Big Ten Championship. But they're always one or two steps. But they're right there. Um, for me, he's too high. Um, his, what? Yeah, his that, win- there's no way, Luke. His winning percentage no is way. like 600. No way. I, I don't know. Just, just the schedule's really he weak. He won at Vanderbilt. <laughs> I just, I don't know. The schedule's weak. Um, he had like, he's had like three, maybe four good years, but nothing special. I, I think, I don't know. For me, between 15 and 20. I like Penn State, by the way. I have nothing against Penn State. I'm a James Franklin believer. Okay, number 10. Josh Hopple, Tennessee. Who wants to go first? He's outside of the top 25. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. I was about to say, last week you were <laughs> standing up and talking national championships, Corbin. No, hey, Josh Hopple's our guy. He's done more for Tennessee football here the past, uh, what, three years or so than since Phillip Former. You could say Bush Jones. You could say Jeremy Pruitt. They did good things themselves. But Josh Hopple's got the recruits coming in. It's got us ever ranking on the offense from the defense is way more than it's been since Philip Former. I, I got Josh Hopple number eight nationally, number four in the SEC, just one step below Lane Kiffin, and it may only be because Lane Kiffin has to win over him. Uh, and I feel like Kiffin coached that game uh, in a way that, that – dictated how it went just just all the all the injuries or the fake injuries or whatever we want to call it that was all a coaching scheme and and uh i think we got the right man there's no doubt in my mind i love josh heupel uh, tickle to death he's at tennessee's got him number eight right now and i hope next year we can have him at number five number four maybe even higher because we are going in the right direction and there's no stopping us at first i seen 10 and i was like okay this is this is probably fair until I seen what's in front of him. Um, Lincoln Wiley. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 0.742 winning percentage. He beats Alabama. He destroys LSU. He destroys Clemson in year two with a depleted roster. Um, he beat three out of the four last national championships in one season. Mm-hmm. Um always He's, has a top 10 offense. 
Call me a homer, but the stats don't lie. Give me Josh Hopple at number five. He was Tennessee was one one bad game away from from a possible national championship berth. Yep, and year number two. You got to think, year number one, he gave Alabama all they wanted down there until we just ran out of gas. You know, neg- we went minus, what, 36, 38 players last year? Met Coach Hopple at, at a local restaurant in Knoxville and, and walked up to him, and I, I shook his hand. I said, I just looked him in the eye and said, thank you. <laughs> and that's, that's all I wanted to tell him was thank you. I've got him at number six, by the way. Number six? Yeah. There's another outlet I heard on the radio this morning, actually, that has him at number five as well, but I cannot remember who it was. Number nine, we've got Luke Fickle, Wisconsin. How long has he been at Wisconsin? This will be his first year. First year. First so year. I couldn't put a, a first-year coach in a new school in the top ten. Yeah. I rank him at number 13. Uh, the potential's there, but it's Wisconsin. What happened to Wisconsin's other coach? Was he the one that kept getting sick? Right. No, that was Minnesota's. Never mind. That was Minnesota's. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we we know so much about Minnesota football over here. Wisconsin I know. football. Yeah. But was, hey, Wisconsin's always good. The crowds I mean, are awesome there. The crowds are good. They're very good. Um, great talent developer. First year Wisconsin. So I don't think top ten yet, but I could see twelve or thirteen probably. Yeah. Um, number eight. Kyle Whittingham, Utah. They had one hell of a year last year. One uh, year. Uh, one year, yep. I put him at number nine uh, just to see what they can do in the coming years. You know, Utah's always right there. and They always beat USC, so that should tell you about the other coach that we're going to talk about. Maybe he can be the next Lane – not Lane Kiffin. Uh, who, who coached Utah before? We're talking Pac-12 football again. I have so. no idea. <laughs> it's like 04. Oban Meyer. I don't know. I can't <laughs> believe I forgot that. It was Oban Meyer because I remember as a kid when Oban Meyer was so good and I remember their coach left. And it was Oban Meyer. Yeah, he went, on to, he went on to pretty good things. <laughs> I forgot Oban Meyer was ever at Utah. Yeah, I've got a – He about won a championship with them, with Utah, if I remember. I don't remember him at Utah. Really you don't remember Oban Meyer at Utah? Mm-hmm. I don't. Okay, and next we've got Lincoln Riley at USC. They got him at number seven. Lincoln Riley at USC at seven. I just hate USC. So, <laughs> but you know what? I'm glad they hired Lincoln Riley that way. Uh, you know, get him out of Oklahoma, so he's not in the SEC. Uh, we'll see. Uh, I'm not sold. That's the highest USC's going to be ranked all seven. I'll tell you. Uh, all year, I'll tell you that. The media is obsessed with him, so maybe at first they'll they'll have him up there. <laughs> ESPN's gonna be in love with him. They already are. So, um, oh, and they're and they're joining the Big Ten now. So you at ESPN's about to be up their ass. I mean, my my question is, where did Lincoln leave to go to USC, Oklahoma, and why did he leave to go to USC? Because the SEC was was calling, in my opinion. So Pac-12 ain't shit. He knew he could, you know, he could be all right there. And I don't know. I mean, he he Lane Kiffin, Oklahoma. Yeah, I mean, just just take your take your candy ass. Uh, like number twenty for me, honestly. Um, number six, Ryan Day, Ohio State. Yeah, yeah, like it. 
Yeah. But what I got him at two, I got him at six. That's where he should be. I agree. I mean, if it wasn't for the Michigan losses, um, and he just totally blew the Georgia playoff game. Um, God, he, he so close to being elite. I mean, if, if if it's not for his horrible decision making, he's got a ring. Because I mean, I think they would have beat TCU. Yeah, I think so too. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think six is okay for now, but I mean. Like I said, he's a couple bad decisions away from, you know, probably being like three or four. Um, number five, Brian Kelly, LSU. Can't stand him. Can't stand him. I got him at oh, 11. Nah. You know. <laughs> I ain't fired him yet. You know. Yeah. I, I thought I thought Orgeron was a better coach than, than, than Brian Kelly. You know, he, he done good things at Notre Dame. But if I was an LSU Tiger he fan, did. I would not be happy right now. <laughs> no, no. This what what a horrible person. Uh, no, uh, man. He played no one at Notre Dame. People want to say that well, he won the SEC West. And who they beat? A five and seven Auburn team, yeah. a five and seven Texas A and M team, a seven and six Arkansas team. I mean, they lost to Jimbo. Um, and, and they're loaded, you know, like they're, they are loaded. Uh, no, put, put Brian Kelly around like 12 for me and go grind on some, some more recruits with your, with your Northern Cajun accent. Um, Dabo, number four, Clemson. You know, Dabo has been there. He's done that. He's got the rings. He's got the trophy. Uh, I like Dabo as the third best coach in the country still. Uh, he had a down year last year. Of course, Tennessee got him, tickled me to death. But uh, Dabo will be back again. And he can talk to talk and walk to walk, and he's proven it. I got Dabo as the second best coach in the country. Oh, wow. Okay. I mean, Dabo, he's proved. He's won championships. Mm-hmm. He's won all these games. Had claims at the top for so long. And, you know, he's just going to keep recruiting good. It's still gonna comp- keep comp- competing. I don't think. I still think Clemson's for the next few years. As long as Dabo's there, they're gonna compete for the ACC every year, which will mean they compete for the NCAA tournament, which is what be an eighteen playoff here in the next few years. So he'll definitely have a shot at it every year. Yeah, I mean, he has two national titles. You can't take that away from him. I mean, is he on a downward trend? You can ask that, but you know, as for now, I think. I think three or four is, is fair for Dabo. You know what Clemson doesn't like to see? What? Tennessee orange. Tennessee orange. <laughs> That's what we talked about in the last one, too, because Tennessee football beat them, baseball beat them, softball. softball beat them. I mean, yeah, we basically won the ACC. I mean, we beat Duke. Um, so, in my opinion so far, Josh Heupel's better than Brian Kelly at five. He's better than Lincoln Riley at seven. He's better than Kyle Whittingham at eight, and he's better than Luke Fickle at nine. Um, number three, Jim Harbaugh, Michigan. I got I got Harbaugh four right below Dabo, and uh, there's no doubt he can. He's a hell of a coach, uh, but he's not won a big one yet. Uh, he's gotten close. He has got close. I got him. At, uh, let's see. I got him at four. I I, I like Jim Harbaugh. You like Booger Boy? Listen, 
Do you remember I, that? Little he, boy. He's one that, yeah, I do remember it. <laughs> Deny him picking his nose. They got him on camera. He's one of only few coaches that can actually go to the NFL or college and compete for a championship or a Super Bowl in both. He's proved himself time and time again. And Michigan's going to compete like they always do. May win the Big Ten this year. May have to deal with them in the playoffs this year. But one thing about it, Jim's going to have them there. Plus, he recruits excellent. Yeah, he's um good coach. I, I don't know number three. I don't know. Um, this Michigan schedule is laughable. But I, I, would say, I don't know. For me, maybe five, between five and eight. Um, I don't know. I want to see so many of these coaches – in the SEC, though, All right. I want to see what they can do play an actual competition. Um, but he did um, beat Ohio State two years in a row. Number two, Nick Saban. Where's he coach at again? Fifty-two uh, forty-nine. Uh, yeah, Dixieland, uh, Alabama. Yeah. A and M, the Bulldogs. <laughs> FCS. <laughs> There's no denying he's he's probably the, the greatest college coach to, that we've ever seen, at least in our generation, our lifetimes. And uh, hopefully he goes from two to about 22 in the next couple of years. Yeah, I agree with that. You can't take anything from him. Um, I mean, I wouldn't be upset if they had him and Kirby swapped, honestly. But if I don't know, people's talking about him being on his way out, I'm not betting on it, but, but we'll see. I mean, I hope, I hope. I've said on here he's on a downward trend, but that still don't mean he's 73 years he, old. I still think he's the number one. Until he retires, he's going to be number one. It, he can keep go down all he wants to. He's still going – he's done too much. Right. His legacy, like, we're lucky. I mean, it, we're not lucky because we had to go through it. But what he's done is history. 30 years from now, documentaries, movies, books, going to be waiting on what he done – in this dynasty he's built. Right. Um, yeah. Um, he, he just, he's amazing. And I, I, don't know, I hope, I hope the NIL and stuff catching up with him. I mean, you see him crying about Josh Hoffel's offense saying it's unsafe for defenses and crying about NIL. He, and he's, he's the senile old man. That's, it's the game's passing his time. We I, hope. I hope. We hope. I hope. And we I hope. I hope he's one of them coaches years. that just refuse to give it up. Maybe he just really runs himself. Be, the, <laughs> be like Vince McMahon in WWE. Vince McMahon, yeah, this, he'll, he'll, he'll be in the grave and he'll still be running the company. You imagine Alabama going seven and six for a couple of uh, seasons, yeah. and, and they had to fire Nick Saban. How that would be? Yeah, it would be awesome. And then uh, Kirby Smart, Georgia, number one. Can't argue it until someone proves it otherwise. Yeah. He. He's he's number one until he's dethroned. Um, I think they left out Pat Narduzzi at Pitt. I think he belonged. Um, I don't like him that much, but I think Dave Clawson at Wake Forest should so, be included. So a wild card. What about Hugh Freeze at Auburn? I think he's going to be in it very mm -hmm. soon. I, another bad person, but man, he can coach. Um, I think PJ Fleck at Minnesota yeah. should have been put on the list too. Let us know in the comments if you agree, disagree with with what we said. Uh, make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, and make sure you find Corbin's OnlyFans. Uh, we want to thank Taylor Jones Check with Big out. Orange Concrete Pumping, <laughs> and we'll be right back with Start Bench Cut. Big Orange Concrete Pumping. 
They can accommodate any residential or commercial concrete project that you may have in mind. They have one of the biggest line pumps in the state. They take a lot of pride in their work and they're waiting on your phone call today. Their number is 865-371-3367. Whether you're pumping noise in Neyland or pumping concrete, make sure you roll with the Big Orange. That's Big Orange Concrete Pumping, 865-371-3367. All right, next we've got Start Bench Cut, presented by Maxed Out Gym mm. in Oak Ridge. Right there. Love it. All right, number the Ow. first <laughs> the first question: Who will be the NFL's best running back this upcoming season? Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, Saquon Barkley. Christian McCaffrey, starting starting him. Hey, hey, Carolina got Carolina's idiots. Let's just say that that they are like the biggest dumbass move last year. Christian McCaffrey, but the Forty ers have it. Forty ers have it made right now. They're, yeah. But listen to this. Christian McCaffrey has 4,726 rush yards, 3,756 receiving yards, 28, no, tw- 38 rush touchdowns, 22 receiving touchdowns so far. That's freaking amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, see, I got a bench one down here. Yeah, bench one. Uh, Austin Eckler. He's in his seventh season, 3,727 yards rushing, 34 touchdowns. Pretty damn good. But I don't have no – I don't believe in Shaquan Barkley. I think he's just going to be in, end up being a bust here here soon. You know what? I'm actually going to start Austin Eckler. Got a okay. new offensive coordinator. He's going to be a big threat out of the backfield. I, I'm benching – I mentioned McCaffrey. You know, he's, he's been injury prone a little bit. Mm-hmm. And also at San Francisco, he's got Davos, uh, Davos Swinney and, and all of the other weapons around him. I'm not sure be, he'll be featured as much as he may like. And I'm going to cut Saquon Barkley. You know, he, he may hold out. He may not play at all. He's wanting a new contract. So uh, he's going to be my cut. He is. A, he, is he already on a holdout? He is. And my, my order is just based on if they can stay healthy. So I'm starting Christian McCaffrey. I'm going to bench Barkley, believe it or not. Um, just I don't know. Just got a feeling. And then uh, I'm going to cut Austin Eckler. I love Austin Eckler. He's like one of my favorite Madden players. But um, number two, which alternate Tennessee logo is your favorite? The VOLS with stars and stripes, the interlocking UT, or the Rifleman? Start the Rifleman. <laughs> Iconic. Uh, bench, stars and stripes, and interlocking UT. That's the right order. You, you That's had to the start, right order. You had to start the rifleman. You know, it, it doesn't get any better than David Crockett with a rifle, mm-hmm. and then you know, the the classic Vols with the stars and stripes. You know, you you know who you're talking about with the interlocking UT. Oh gosh, we get some confusion there with, with another school that doesn't wear orange. That tries to yeah, wear <laughs> that wears brown and tries to call herself UT. Um. I'm starting the rifleman as well, but I'm actually going to bench the the interlocking UT. Oh wow! I just like it. Um, I, mean, I like them all. I hate to cut any of them, I, but I'm the one making these questions, so it's my own fault. I'm going to cut the the stars and stripes. Um, start bench cut, pizza, chicken wings, or tacos. Is this even a question? I'm getting hungry. 
That's a question. Chicken wings. You got to start chicken wings. You start chicken you're wings. an American if you don't start chicken wings. And you're Mexican if you start tacos. So, <laughs> uh, so Bench tacos. You're cutting pizza? Cutting pizza. I mean, I've had so much pizza in my life. Everybody says, oh, this New York pizza, this Chicago pizza. The best damn pizza they are is Little Caesars pizza or the Tony's brand <laughs> you buy at the Walmart over there. That's the best pizza you can buy. Listen, you start pizza. It's it's the best food there is. You can get it anywhere. And anywhere you get it, it's going to be decent and edible. you got to start the pizza. I've had some horrible chicken wings, but but I do love them. And uh, I'll, I'll admit I'm a boneless wing guy. I'm going to have uh, some boneless wings as soon as I leave here today. So I'm going to binge the boneless wings. I'm cutting tacos. Uh, tacos are good. Tacos are easy, but they're just tacos. Boneless. Boneless. What in the hell? You get more meat with boneless. <sighs> Only men. They're not well, men eat <laughs> bone in. Listen, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I got choked on a bone as a child, so eating eating small bones in a chicken wing has always been a been a thing. So. I about drowned it as a child, but I'm still swimming. Still swimming. <laughs> I'll throw you in the lake. There we go. I'm going to start pizza. I'm going to bench tacos. I love tacos, and I'm cutting your chicken wings. What in the hell is wrong with y'all? Cutting the chicken wings. I cannot believe this. You want to pick Taco Bell over Hooters wings? You, wait, you're going to pick Taco Bell over Hooters? I would pick Soccer Taco over Who? Soccer Taco. I'm giving free endorsement well, deals here. We'll have to, we'll have to take you to Soccer Taco. It's good. You, you may like change your mind. Soccer Taco was pretty good. I like free, that free plug. I like that saucer. He just plays they got. That's pretty good plug. Yeah, that's pretty good too. We're talking about Max out GMO over here eating, eating like fat asses. I know. Yes, we are. We're be talking about what brand of protein is the best. Um, who's the best college quarterback of all time? Joe Burrow, Tim Tebow, Baker Mayfield. Tim Tebow. That one he had in Florida is just mm-hmm. something else. Two national championships, a Heisman Trophy. <sighs> Don't he still hold some of the records there? Yeah. Tim Tebow has. Oh, I would. Yeah, I would. Yeah. Like, like they're making document. They're making documentaries on that Florida team right mm-hmm. now. And as much as I don't like Florida, that was a pretty, pretty incredible team. Uh, bench Joe Burrow. And I had no use for Baker at Oklahoma. But at Baker's, the only one didn't win a Heisman Trophy. Oh, I thought he won one. Did he win one? I don't believe he did either. But oh. No. I but thought he won one. He didn't win a national championship either. I thought he won a Heisman. Did he win a Heisman? I think he won a Heisman. He may have won a Heisman. He may have won a Heisman. Yeah, they all three won Heisman, but he was the only one that didn't win. A national championship. That's yeah. the order I've got to. I'm starting. I'm starting Timothy, and I'm gonna bench Joey because LSU. They won because of Joe, uh, not not Coach Joe, in my opinion. I, I like Coach Joe, and then I'm gonna cut. I'm cutting the Baker. That's that's the right order. You gotta start Tim Tebow. I mean, it's just it's just incredible at Florida, and, and I hate Florida, but my goodness, I yeah, can't help but to like Tim Tebow. Uh, I mean, yeah. he he come here and. Uh, he worked out with a team, more Tennessee shorts, and you know he had. He's, he had not, he's not negative Tennessee, you know. He had eighty-eight passing touchdowns and fifty-seven rushing touchdowns in his career at Florida. That's crazy. Two national championships in the year between he won a Heisman. You, you can't go wrong with Tim Tebow on a start. 
you know, I, I also Vince Joe Burrow probably had the, the greatest single season in college football history. Yeah. And then Baker Mayfield didn't win a national championship, so he's not considered one of the greatest of all time. Best NBA center of all time. Shaq, Tim Duncan, Ab- Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Legends. I'll throw you on legends. It's hard, man. This, it this, is hard. I went back and forth on this one all day long. I'm going to go first. Okay. I'm going to start Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan, and there's one simple reason. He plays for a team that was named after me, the Spurs. So <laughs> I think he probably still plays for the Spurs because I can remember watching the Spurs for 20 years, and there's Tim Duncan. There, yeah. and, he, and you know what? He didn't have the stars around him like maybe Shaq and, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar did. Tim Duncan was the Spurs. They won multiple championships with him. I'm going to bench Shaq, possibly the most dominant big man that we've ever seen. Uh, and could just take over a game. And I'm going to cut Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, maybe just because he was a little bit before my time and I don't quite remember as much about him. Well, <laughs> Tim Duncan, huh? <laughs> I'm going to have to start Kareem. I mean, had the uh, most points in NBA history up until this year, all time. 19-time All-Star, six NBA championships. Four-time block leaders, two-time scoring champion. One of the best to ever play the game. They got awards named after him, for yeah, God's sakes. I don't, I don't think there's a wrong answer here, honestly. There's not. There's not. Shaq, uh, I'd have to bench Shaq. I love Shaq. I go up watching Shaq. Mm-hmm. I go up watching Shaq with Miami, Phoenix, Los Angeles, Cleveland, Boston. Hell of a big man. Dominant man. He was a man. You wasn't going to the basket on Shaq, I'll tell you that right now. Don't you just miss the big man ball in the NBA, though? I do. It's just it, you know. It's what kills me. Like, you got these centers and everything now making three-pointers. Yeah. Shaq probably made four three-pointers his entire career, and he's like half-court shots. <laughs> and four three-throws. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Tim Duncan. I, I Tim Duncan's a great player. I, I, he won, what, four or five championships, I suppose. Last one was against Miami. You know, Tim Duncan kind of reminds me of, of Chipper Jones and the Braves. He stayed with one team forever. It was just that that guy. So He carried the Spurs, man, like just the face of the organization. Um, I'm basing mine off just pure dominance alone. No stats, just dominance. So I'm starting big, sexy, Shaquille O'Neal. I'm going to bench Tim Duncan. Um, and kind of like kind of like you said, just before my time, I mean, no, he's awesome, know a little bit about him, but you just didn't get to see him play, you know, like, like you did the other two. So I, I'm going to have to cut Kareem personally. You can go watch on NBA TV when they show classic games from the 70s. So you think, you think he would beat Shaq? In the prime? Yeah, prime versus prime. Prime versus prime. In a one-on-one game, absolutely. I'm well, going to say Kareem. <laughs> if, you, if you start him at three-point, right. yeah, but, like, I'm just – Shaq would have it made then. There wasn't no three-point line or nothing then. <laughs> Imagine how many backboards he would – some old wow. woodlands. He <laughs> he'd be snapping them like crazy. I remember watching Shaq uh, break the basketball goal. Mm-hmm. And not the one with the Lakers. I'm talking about the one with uh, – Chica- he was playing Chicago back when – remember WGN's TV uh-huh. network? Yeah. They was playing on that channel that night. I remember that as a kid because I remember <laughs> being so mad having to sit there and wait for him to fix that, everything, yeah. clean everything up. That's a lot of weight on, on glass, man. 
All right, that was our Start Bench Cut segment presented by Maxed Out Gym. Thank you, Ryan Carson from Maxed Out Gym. We'll be right back. Maxed Out Gym is hands down the best gym in East Tennessee. Located in Oak Ridge, locally owned and operated by Ryan Carson. Listen, this gym is not your normal big chain gym. 24-7 access, child care, nutrition plans, private training rooms, and their personal trainers are truly first class. We're not talking about John Doe across the street who spent a few hours taking an online course and then printed his certificate. They offer the best classes in the area and even host big time powerlifting competitions. For my power lifters, you have to experience the back room. There's no words to describe it, you just have to experience it. That's Maxed Out Gym. If you're having second thoughts about changing gyms, canceling that membership, going through the hassle, I know you've seen the picture of me and Coach Hopple together when I got to show him his face on my leg. Have you seen the thunder thighs on the vol, Daddy? You don't get thighs like that by not going to Maxed Out Gym. It's time to throw away the gold membership, throw away the Planet Fitness membership, throw away the National Fitness membership, and it's time to join Maxed Out Gym. Check them out on Facebook right now. Next, we have our second main talking point of the day presented by Trident HydroClean. Um, we're going to talk about the potential but extremely possible renovations and pretty much a city inside a city. Um, right on the Tennessee River, it's being called the Neyland Entertainment District. Um, Tennessee used to be the standard, man, and with their stadium facilities, this would definitely put us back back at the top. We do this, and we're going to set the board, and everybody else is going to follow. Yeah. And that's kind of what happened, you know, with Neyland. Kind of, you know, that's yeah. where everybody started trying to, trying to be bigger than Neyland. And, you know, give it up to Danny White. I mean, he mm-hmm. everything he's done has been incredible for UT. And and this, this idea, this innovation could just bring us, you know, back to the new age again you know tennessee will be back on top and that's where we belong brings in recruits mm-hmm. brings in you know more money students wanting to come there you know um the just, economic level for for this potentially is through the roof you yeah. imagine the, the penthouse on that hotel they're talking about oh. overlooking the field on one end and in the tennessee river on the other how incredible it's going to be and and just the the potential for concerts and, and attractions yeah, and that's college a, game day don't want to come to Knoxville again and that, again and that's a big thing too is bringing back concerts and I mean we're talking about Neyland just being you know was there like eight home games a year seven eight so we're talking about Neyland going from a seven to eight you know day a year event to you know yeah all the time um, the project will basically be a complete overhaul on the exterior of Neyland Stadium. Already a five-year plan, uh, Danny White put in place. Last year, they done the party deck, uh, the premium seating, and, of course, they put in my, the most important part, the Vols letters on top. Um, this year, structure issues are being fixed on the south side, uh, bathrooms, concessions, Wi-Fi, and I believe they're adding brick you know, like on on the front of it, like where they did the vol walk, I believe they're adding that brick all the way around the south side, which that needs it bad, and at least at least throw paint on it. Uh, <laughs> no more troughs. Yeah, <laughs> I, 
Man, people hate on the troughs, but that's quick. It's a quick way. It's quick. I mean, it's nasty and swinging swords in there and stuff, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it's fast, man. It is. I'm fast. usually stumbling in there anyway. He's like, ah, just yeah, let me take a piss. I gotta go. I gotta hurry. I gotta get a beer. Find me, a, find me a drain. <laughs> yes. And the only drawback to and it's the drawback that everyone's gonna think is this. We're already so limited on parking and part, yeah. and in available space. For, you know, uh, I hope that part of the plan. I, and I haven't seen the full plan. I hope it will be a new parking deck somewhere. I, I reckon they do have a plan in place for that, don't they? They are. Um, well, they're wanting to do a tabletop on top of G10 for just tailgating. Nice. And I mean, it already kind of connects in Neyland stadium right now um basically it's just to, just to support more tailgating this is right down our alley i love it i can't this wait is, um I, I wonder how high we're talking like are we talking overlooking kneeling because that would be that's insane that would <laughs> be insane what few renderings we see you know yeah. we, we see fountains and, and yeah we're talking like different and levels and then and, you yeah. got like the very top or i mean how high how high are they taking it better GTA? not be stairs you know, there is one i, I thing, won't be able to make it there is one thing that we do need down near newland stadium and that's restaurants because yeah we have calhoun's and we had a student union and otherwise you, you're, you're walking to the strip walking the strip or, or getting a street vendor which there's nothing wrong with right love our food trucks but uh a uh, couple of nice eateries would be nice before a game or a place you can go in and have a drink. Yeah, I mean, Danny White, he's already teased the expansion of Neyland Stadium with season tickets, kind of. He kind of put out, like, hey, if we if we sell out our allotment of season tickets, then we're going to be talking we're going to be talking expansion. I mean, hell, I say make Neyland as big as they can get it. I don't care if I'm – Build another deck. I'm I, good with it. Yes, build, I don't care. Talking about being high. Just <laughs> make it loud, and I want to be the biggest again, personally. Um, so, like, like you mentioned before, there's going to be a hotel attached to Neyland Stadium, restaurants, retail, entertainment. I mean, we're basically talking about like the Braves. You know what they have at Truist Park with the battery. You know, some, something like you're going to see in Los Angeles. Well, this is the way that uh. This is the future, honestly. Yeah. I mean, it's it don't matter if it's college, the NFL, to NASCAR, to baseball, to basketball. Like, the Clippers' new arena in the NBA is supposed to be something stupid, like never saw before. Right. I reckon fans may be able to watch games from above, like look down, I mean. <laughs> like, watch them play below you and stuff like that. Like, this is just the future. And uh, if we can get ahead of the game and be ahead of everybody else, we'll be – one step ahead, and everybody's going to want to come play at Tennessee, come watch a game at Tennessee. Yeah. You know, it's very similar to what Nashville's doing with the Titans as far as building a new stadium. You know, it's right. the Titans' new stadium's going to be incredible. Yeah, you're sitting there well, looking at Nisa, you're like, what's wrong with it? But he, mean, he mentioned students that want to come to, to Tennessee to play because Knoxville's just an eight-hour drive from anywhere. Right. You know, you, you got 60% of the country right here in our back door. Right. So who wouldn't want to come to Tennessee at that point? Yeah, it's a, it's amazing what Danny White's done. I mean, in my opinion, he's the best best athletic director in the country, and he keeps proving it over and over and over. Do you hey, have any any concerns at all with with this move? Uh, the only concern I'd have, and how many years would it take? How much? How much? Uh, construction. Construction would would. Uh, Hopefully, it's not like some nothing against T dot workers, but hopefully, it's nothing like that where we're talking, you know. Well, that's what I, that's what I fear is just 
it'd be it'd be it could get to be a hassle over around Neyland Stadium, and I don't want that for several years. But I'm sure they got a game plan. Yeah, if, I know they said they have the best developers, you know, in the country that that's going to be on it. Um, do you think it, do you think it'll happen? I think it's going to happen. I, I really do. I, I I think Danny White sees it. You know, if it wasn't going to happen, he wouldn't have put that out there already. Uh, yeah, I mean, you like they're already like the renovations are happening. They're already, you know, they're going to be putting brick around the other. So they're already doing the exterior to Newland. They're redoing like the bridges over the river. Mm-hmm. To my, in my opinion, to an something's going to happen to an extent. You know, even if it's not full, full on. But the only thing that that I'm kind of worried about is like I don't want the tailgating the partying, just the craziness that goes on around the stadium to change. You know, like I don't want – You don't want it to become a complete family show? Yeah. You, want, you want it to be By, the, the yeah. still big party because we all love to party. And, and well, I, I mean, I bring the family. I just don't want any regression. Like I want Neyland to still be known, you know, just being, oh, yeah. being crazy. I want it to be wild. I want it to be even wilder, to be honest. But my my concern is like I don't know if I can handle it any wilder. I just don't want it to be something put me in just, bad shape on Sundays. Just <laughs> no doubt. Just I don't want it to be something just for like super wealthy people. If that makes sense, that does make a lot of good um, sense. Just kind of like I mean, like it's cool to have the premium seating behind, but like but we can't afford uh, the premium seating. Well, now now, but, the, now, but, now that you say that, that is. That could be a big concern. Top of G10, like me and me and Luke gets top mm-hmm. of G10 mm-hmm. every year. We always get the same spot so we can play cornhole and have everything set up that you want. And if it gets to where, oh well, we're just gonna give it to the wealthy people. That's yeah, and they, and they won't even go up there and tailgate. They'll just claim the spot and that'll be it. Yeah, it, it's a sight to see in Neyland Stadium when you go when you go that upper deck and you look over G10 in there. It's just a party everywhere. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's no better sight in college football pregame than, yeah. than seeing all that and, and the orange everywhere. And I, I hope that doesn't change. That's and if it does change, it's for the better. Yeah, that's, that's my thing. Is I just don't want like, I mean, people's gonna act how we act regardless. We might have to migrate over, you know, a little bit. But like, I just don't want them to basically run us out. Yeah, and bring the wealthy people in there. You know, like I still want seventy-eight year old Dan that comes and parties yeah. next to us. He's seventy-eight years old and he'll bring five hundred Jello shots. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you, you've got like just eighty-year-old ladies just throwing down. It's like, man, she's not gonna make it through tonight. But, <laughs> you know, she's there every every Saturday. So like, I don't, I just don't want that to change. Um, and like going back to the premium seating, like it's cool, but unless we're playing Georgia or Florida or Alabama or Half them people don't even show up. I Man, it looks horrible on TV. I just don't want that to kind of, yeah, kind of be a trend. Um, and like, oh, G10 this area, it's kind of for, for you because you donate a million dollars a year. You know, have a bouncer at the dang entrance. Yeah, like, I still want it to be wide open. I want it to keep yeah. how pure and it is, but like, upgrade it, cool. But you know, and I'm for it. I just don't want them to, to run like the true fans. The the ones who are the ones who are actually screaming and singing Rocky Top, not the ones like golf si- clapping, si- sitting on their butt, yeah. complaining because they don't have cell phone service. So <laughs> yeah, that that's my biggest my biggest issue with it. But 
Danny White's not going to half-ass anything, though. If he does it, it's going to be done right. And he's already said it, so obviously he thinks a lot of it. Yeah. He ain't going to say anything that he doesn't mean. Right. Yeah, he's, he's awesome, man. Um, all right, that was our second talking point presented by Trident Hydro Clean. We'll be right back with the duel. Trident Hydro Clean, your exterior home cleaning professionals, house, roof, driveway, concrete, gutters, and much more. Trident Hydro Clean, 865-363-8815. They've been in business for five years, and they have a five-star Google rating and a five-star Facebook rating. Call Jacob today. Give your house, driveway, and or patio the care it deserves. 100% 100% satisfaction guarantee. See the difference between a professional and an amateur cleaning. That's 865-363-8815. Hey y'all, it's the Vol Daddy. We're doing a huge giveaway for the season opener in Nashville versus Virginia. A pair of tickets, four rows off the field, All you have to do is join up for the Volunteer Club. You should already be a member, but here's your chance to join and win some tickets at the same time. The higher membership you get, the more entries you're going to get to win the tickets. Refer a friend. I'll double your chances to win. We will do the giveaway live on our show. Remember, you have to use my link. Screenshot that QR code or get on my Facebook, my TikTok, my Instagram, whatever. Join today. Go Vols. And next, we've got The Duel, presented by Premier Excavation. Corbin, I usually say the spank, but it's the spur. We'll battle it out over a few tough questions. And the winner not only gets bragging rights, but they get some Walmart hardware right now to drag around with them for the week. Ours is on the way. All right, question number one. You ready to do this, Corbin? Ready to do this? Forget it. This is Sparta! Go ahead. Make my day. More time! Remember, Steamboat? And, pal, I'll kiss your boots if you can do it. But to be the man, you gotta beat the man. And I'm saying... Forget it. <laughs> be that way. We'll be that way then. <laughs> Question number one. Where does Coach Hopple rank as head coach in the SEC? He ranks fourth, and I hate to say it because we love Josh Heupel, but he ranks fourth. You know, we, we can't deny Kirby and Saban right now, but there's one dumbass coach that we don't like but we still love, and that's Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin is still the third-best coach in the SEC in my mind, and Josh Heupel is just right there, just right behind him. One 15-yard pass in the end zone, I'll change my mind. But the fact remains that Lane Kiffin holds a victory over Josh Heupel right now. He's the third best coach in the SEC. You can't beat uh, uh, Nick Saban. You can't beat Kobe right now. But Lane Kiffin is not ahead of him. I'll just tell you that right now. Because Lane Kiffin ain't done jack shit compared to Heupel so far. What's Lane Kiffin do every year? Eight and six. Seven and five. I'm going to a bowl game and losing. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say that. He is nothing near on Hypo's level right now. Not with the recruits, not with the wins, not with nothing. Back it up to, to back it up just a few years. If I'd asked you if you'd ever had Lane Kiffin or Josh Hopple, who would you have picked? Like as a coach? Yeah. Back up a few years. Uh, it wasn't Lane. Wasn't Lane? No. 
you, you never been on the line train? Because I was all on board the line train. I Lane was Kiffin not. brought some energy to Tennessee. I, I still love him, uh, but you know what? Josh Hopple is our man. I'm glad we got him now. Get over that hump, and I hope next year I can put Hopple at number two. Who's going to be a coach in the next five years? Who's going to be at the university? Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss or Hopple at Tennessee? I would say Hopple at Tennessee. Hopple I certainly hope Hopple at Tennessee. Lane Kiffin won't make it five more years with Ole Miss. I'll just tell you that right now. Lane Kiffin's your next head coach at Alabama. I could definitely see that. Um, question number two. Should Major League Baseball steroid users be in the Hall of Fame? Yes. I mean, they, they let them use them all them years and they didn't, didn't do nothing about it, then why punish them now? They absolutely should be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, you got Barry Bonds, you got Mark McGuire, you got Sammy Sosa, you got Kurt Schillings. All those guys allegedly used steroids. But you know what? That was must-see baseball at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the feud between Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire, you was watching baseball. I didn't care about the Cardinals or the Cubs. But right. My goodness, I wanted to watch that because I wanted to see those long balls. It, it literally saved baseball. Steroids saved baseball. And I think there's – I mean, everybody's doing steroids. I really can't argue with you. I mean, no. Sammy, Barry, two of the greatest to ever play the game. I was hoping to get one, but I agree with both of you. Are professional athletes paid too much? Baseball isn't. Could you imagine playing MLB, 162 games a year, plus 30 <laughs> preseason games a year, plus like 50 postseason games a year if you go to the championship? Like, good Lord, that's like – 300 days a year to play baseball. Could you imagine? And then the off days, you travel. That's very. That's a very good point. You know, are professional athletes paid too much? No. Top-level professional athletes are paid way too much. You know, when you say just professional athletes, you got to take the minor leagues in consideration. Of course, I work for a little bitty hockey team in Knoxville where their players average to about $350 a week. They're not getting paid too much. But, you know, I don't see – I can't see paying one person – $251 million for five years. It's just that, – that's a bit much. Which Tennessee football player would you bring back for this upcoming season and why? If we're talking about just last season's team, I'm bringing back Darnell Wright. We, we need some uh, – we need that intensity right in the middle to, to help us with a run. That's where I feel like we're going to miss the most. I think we're going to be great at wide receiver again. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all loved Hyatt, but uh, – uh, right's where I'm at. Hendon Hooker. I think we, Hooker I back. think if we had Hendon Hooker one more year, we'd ha- he'd win the championship this year, no doubt about it. And last year, if he hadn't got hurt, it's crazy to think what could have happened. Even the whole South Carolina game, but I'd bring Hendon Hooker back. We have Joe Milton. We do have Joe Milton. We have Joe Milton. I think Joe Milton is going to be a star this year, and I can't wait to see it. He may be a star, but – you know, Hooker may be what Peyton was. Peyton didn't win the championship, but T. Morton did. Yeah, I'm I'm all about some Joe, but man, I, I really do wish Hooker had another year. Well, we always, redeem yourself. We I, I, wish I, I tell you what, if Hooker had played every year for us, mm-hmm. imagine what that could have been. Uh, he he would have been in New York, and I think uh, Virginia Tech is. I don't know about them. Yeah. <laughs> and I picked, and I picked right because I think it's a position of need. Oh, I, think, yeah. I think we're good at receiver. I think we're good at quarterback. Mm-hmm. So, interior is what I'm worried about. Yeah, right, yeah. Uh, right tackle is probably the 
probably the biggest question mark, honestly, coming into this season. Um, who's the most underrated wrestler of all time? I, I'm going to let Corbin go first on this one because I'm really curious to see what he says. I'm going to say two guys. No, you get one. Well, when I get the other. You got to go the one first. One's going to be like a little acknowledgement to him, and that's Mr. Perfect. Well, he was in my top five, so we're, we're good on that. Mr. Perfect, everything he done was perfect. Yep. But Dolph Ziggler is the most underrated wrestler of all time. He's the Shawn Michaels 2.0. He's who WWE has went to for all these years to put other people over. Nobody can get in that ring, bounce around, put on matches like he can if he's given the opportunity and the time. Yeah, he's won two world titles with him. Yeah, he's won a bunch of championships, but he's always been used as a stepping stone. Dolph Ziggler's a great talent. Dolph Ziggler can't talk. The most underrated, bull, bullshit. The most underrated wrestler of all time was the King of Hearts, Owen Hart. Owen Hart was absolutely incredible in the ring, out of the ring, on the microphone. You could give him any gimmick you wanted. He made the Nugget a great thing. They 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 made him a piece of crap, and he turned it into something incredible. You know why he had that? He gimmick? won the Slammy Award twice in the same year. Twice, two Slammy Awards. He's the most underrated wrestler of all time. And if you if you get two, I get two. The second one I'm gonna go even further back, and that's the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. Awesome in the ring, awesome on the microphone. Was even a great manager. I wouldn't hold you, you, you can't you can't diss Owen Hart. You know he was in the shadows of his brother, but may have been a better wrestler than Bret himself. He kicked the leg out of his leg. Remember that? I do. <laughs> That's the best thing he ever done. All right, the man. This is this one's tough. This is the toughest one I've had to do. Hold on. Spanky, he laid out this week. He did lay out. He does, he's scared. He's scared. He is scared. He knows he can't beat me. But you know what? To be the man, you got to beat the man. So next week, you better get your ass back in this show so I can beat that damn ass. <laughs> Dolph Ziggler's cookie cutter 2.0, but he can work. You said he ain't good at a promo. He's a hell of a promo. One Dolph of the best Ziggler. promos they are. I like Dolph Ziggler, but he's not even in the top ten today. Boo. The Miz is better than Dolph Ziggler. In the ring. In the ring. Miz can do everything. Miz couldn't go ten minutes if he didn't have somebody leading him. Miz has worked his ass off to get where he's at. And, you know, Dolph Ziggler versus the Miz. Let's, let's put on WrestleMania right now. Let's get them to do promos and build it up. Yeah, Dolph Ziggler's got a good look, but, you know, we all know they're going to put the Miz over anyway because Dolph Ziggler just loses every match. He's a stepping stone. They only they put him in them matches. Who do they, when they bring somebody new to TV, who do they put them to work with? <laughs> Dolph Ziggler. Why? Because he's going to go tell them if they're worth the shit or not. You know who's better than Dolph he's Ziggler? Gonna, he's going to put them over and make the fans care about that dude. You know who else is better than Dolph Ziggler? Ricochet. Wickashay. Yeah. Wickashay, he has nothing to him. Oh, a bunch of flips and flops. What's his matches mean? Ricochet can go and go and go and go and go. Well, so can Shinsuke Nakamura, but that's another story you can't talk. I can't say. No, I love New Japan for wrestling. Yeah. So. <laughs> like I said, this one's tough. The only. I gotta go, Corbin. Just because I said Lane Kiffin, just because I said Lane Kiffin, I knew it. He, he barely beat Hop. 
got a lot of calls his way. I'm gonna throw mustard at you. And, <laughs> and Hopple had like negative 38 players, so I gotta go. Josh Hopple's better than Lane Kiffin. I'm the three-time champ over here. I'm no actually 21 straight days as champion. And Spanky, I'm waiting for Go you. Go and burn some mattresses in Knoxville <laughs> tonight. That was the duel presented by Premier Excavation. Thank you, Travis Duncan, for presenting that segment. We'll be right back. Do you have dreams about what your property could be? Whether it's driveways, ponds, septic, new home construction, or even forestry mulching, let us earn your business and make your property dreams come true. Call Premier Excavation at 865-766-9408. You can also find us on Facebook or Instagram. Thank you for supporting small businesses that support you. Again, that's Premier Excavation at 865-766-9408. Next, we've got the Jersey Countdown, presented by DM Fence Company. We're going to count down 86 to 80 since we missed 81 through 86. 86, I've got Andy Kozar, played from 1949 to 1952. Three-year starter at fullback, won the 1951 National Championship, averaged more than five yards per carry, 27 touchdowns, 1,837 rush yards on 350 carries in his career. All SEC, most outstanding back in the 1951 season. I took uh, Willie Bohannon. You know, he had not not great stats, 18 tackles, two and a half tackles for losses, and a fumble recovery in a big game. So, Okay. Terry McDaniel, uh, 146 tackles all-time, six interceptions, 11 broke-up passes. He also won the SEC championship as a member of the track team. Well, that's very mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, I like, I like the multi-sport athletes and stuff. I didn't know that. No, I didn't either. I had no idea. Number 85, I'm going to go Lester McClain. Um, everyone talks about Condridge Holloway being the first black quarterback, and that is well-deserved, but McClain was the first black SEC varsity player for Tennessee. Caught 70 passes for 1,003 yards, which really, back, you know, now that don't sound like that much, but back then they didn't, they didn't throw it that much. So uh, 10 touchdowns. He also rushed 10 times for 123 yards and two touchdowns. He was selected in the NFL draft by the Chicago Bears. I took Dante Stallworth. Uh, I remember Dante playing, uh, caught three receiving touchdowns against Kentucky back in 2001, which at the time was a record for University of Tennessee. Okay. I had Buddy Fisher. He uh, led the team in senior year in 242 yards. Uh, receiving, I mean. Uh, 20.2 average uh, yards a catch. And he coached Farragut. To seventy two and twenty nine in high school, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I like I like stats like that too. Eighty four. I'm gonna go Cordero Patterson. I think we all may went Cordero Patterson. Man, imagine him in Hop's offense. That's who I had too. In uh, twelve games, had eighteen hundred seventy three all purpose yards. That's you know still a school record today. All SEC, Super Bowl champion. Um. I think he's about 75% of the Falcons' offense right now. Uh, Super Bowl champion. He has the NFL record for a 109-yard touchdown. The return, right? Yeah, the return. I remember watching that. Like. (laughs) I remember the highlights, but. Spoiler alert, he's going to be on my fantasy team this year. Yeah, yeah. He's he's definitely a good one to have. Nobody beat me at fantasy this year. I'll tell you that right now. (laughs) 
Number 83, I've got Mark Adams, tight end. Played from 1988 to 1991. All SEC, 52 catches for 573 yards and two touchdowns. I took Zach Rogers. Uh, I went with the receivers again, you know, just just like Dante Stallworth. He had uh, three touchdowns versus South Carolina in 2012, which tied Stallworth's UT record. I had Zach Rogers, too. He had around 1,000 yards all time. Yeah. Yeah, you don't hear much about him. I mean, he's, you know, from for what he did. Um, 82, I'm going to go Dayton Sneed. Went a different route this time. New player. Um, freshman out of uh, Donaldson Christian Academy in Hermitage, Tennessee. I took good old Ed Cantrell, who scored one touchdown in 1954. <laughs> I like it. I have Buddy Overhaul. He said in a quote, because I like putting a quote on here once a week, uh, I wore number 82 because I was proud to be a Tennessee Vol. I was proud to wear that big orange jersey week after week after week. Love it. Awesome. Number 81, I went Alvin Harper, all-SEC mm. wide receiver, all-SEC freshman team, MVP of the 1991 Hula Bowl, track and field champion, solid NFL career with the Cowboys, the Bucks, the Redskins, and the Saints. Another double sport athlete. Yep. I took Michael Rivera. He sent okay. a – the UT uh, record for receiving yards by a tight end of 562 yards in 2012. I broke Jason Witten's mark. So I, so I took. Did you copy my notes over oh, here? Oh, did you <laughs> take it too? Yeah. Uh-huh. You had the same notes. You got the same stat? <laughs> I do. AJ, AJ Styles is better than Dolph Ziegler. <laughs> Just saying. Number AJ's not underrated, though. Number 80, Eric Parker's who I went with. Wide receiver from 1997-2001. Played in 42 games for Tennessee. Caught 64 passes for 829 yards and three touchdowns. He also returned 107 punts for 930 yards and a touchdown. I'll let you go first just in case. I had, well, I had the same thing. Eric Parker? Yeah. I took Britton Colquitt. You know, the Colquitt okay. family at punters. You know, why not take a punter? Because the Colquitts was the best in the business and probably still are. And it's and you know we may have some of the same players, but people like Cordell and stuff like that. Like you just it's can't you, to, you can't yeah. put somebody over them players. And this jersey countdown, it will be um, it'll actually be our keys to the game when once football season starts. Cool. Um, all right, next we've got uh, our weekly interview. That's going to be with offensive offensive lineman Addison Nichols. Thank you for DM Fence Company for sponsoring that segment. Ladies and gentlemen, it's your man here, the Spank. Like myself, DM Fencing are the best in the business today. They can install wood, chain link, vinyl, picket, composed metal, barbed wire, heck, bring them bamboo sticks, and they can install them things for you too. DM Fencing, do it right the first time. Their numbers are 865 435 4515 or 865 387 1026. Give my friend Ted a call today. That's DM Fencing. Megan's Cleaning Services is here to meet all of your home cleaning needs. From a basic clean to a deep clean, from a one time clean to a bi weekly clean, Megan's Cleaning Service is here for you. We provide residential, commercial, and rental cleanings for the best prices. Serving Knox, Anderson, Scott, Roan, and Morgan Counties. Give me a like on my Facebook page, 
My phone number is 423-539-7266. Again, that's Megan's Cleaning Services at 423-539-7266. Thank you. Hey, Vol Nation, it's Addison Nichols, offensive lineman at the University of Tennessee, and it's time to get Vols deep. All right, I'm here with Addison Nichols, 6'5", 318 pounds, red shirt freshman. He's from Atlanta, um, four-star athlete, and um, was the number four offensive lineman in the 2022 class. Elite and powerful is how the official Tennessee website describes Addison. How you doing, man? Doing fantastic. Thanks for having me. Oh, no problem. No problem at all. Yeah, I met you at uh, Saloon 16 before season started last year, but you met a lot of people that night. Um, you're a huge human being, man. I don't know about the, I don't know about the, <laughs> the website, if that's right or not. Yeah, now, definitely now. I've, 318 might have been accurate last time you, you saw me, but now it, it might be a little under. Or a little that might be a little lower than what I am right now, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> um, got some mama cooking when I got home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that good southern cooking. Oh yeah. Um, usually I don't have to compete with anybody on my hair game, but you got it going on, man. I know. I'm trying. I need to get a haircut though. I'm trying to get. Do you got the mullet? I do. Yeah, it's not like full. It's not like full mullet, but I I do the sides just a little bit. So yeah, I need to go get mine. That's usually what I do, but I haven't got a haircut in a few months, so it's starting to just look like a mop. But I'm gonna get. I'm gonna, I'm trying to get like you. Get that little get the mullet going. Yeah. Get it. Get it like a power T cut in the on the side of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> Um, so I met your parents at the Vol Walk last year. Amazing people, um, kind and humble, and they're obviously very proud of you. Um, it's very clear to me, you know, why why you've been so successful this far, you know, in life, just because of your parents. So I just want to give a shout out, give a shout out to them. Yeah, they're awesome people. They've done so much for me, pushing me to do different things and kind of broaden my spectrum. They're the best. Right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they've still got photos of uh, me and my son. I had him on my shoulders at the Vol Walk, and they they was taking pictures uh-huh. for me. So, <laughs> yeah, you gave him high five and and all that. So that was awesome. Um, I've seen I've seen videos of you playing piano, um, playing the guitar. I'm not very good on my instruments, but it looked like a, a Hawaiian guitar, like the little the little the ukulele. Okay. Yeah, yeah, man. So like. You know, you were a finalist for for Man of the Year in Georgia for for helping build a a park. Um, I've seen you just destroying golf balls, shooting guns. So like, you're usually I ask people like what their hobbies are, but like, is there anything that you don't do? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't do ballet. No ballet. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I like to do a lot of stuff. You know, I just. Um, I like to, like I said, broaden my my, my spectrum. Uh, kind of try out different things, and a lot of the time I just get bored. And it's like, let's try something new. So try something else. Yeah. So that's how I got to, into the instruments. Really, just got really bored when I was in middle school. Um, so that's how I started. Like the piano, uh, we had a mini grand uh, at at our house uh, back in Atlanta. I think it was I was in like fifth grade, something like that. And my mom was leaving for the day and it was just going to be me and I was real bored and 
I was like, hey, what's your favorite song? And she was like, it was some Coldplay song. I don't remember what it was. But by the time she had gotten home, I was playing it on the piano and then went from the piano to the to the guitar and the guitar to ukulele. So, Yeah, that's awesome. I'm pretty sure the piano was a Billy Joel song, I believe is what they what they sent me. So, Oh, yeah, they probably sent you that video they did for the All-American game, the Man of the Year thing. I played yeah. a little bit of Billy Joel on that and then played Rocky Top on the ukulele. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And you're also an Eagle Scout. And and if I remember right, you're a second degree black belt in Taekwondo. Yes, I am. That's, that's impressive to be, to be your size and be able to, (laughs) like I've seen pictures of you like doing the kicks and stuff. And I'm like, how is he getting off the ground like that? Yeah, I definitely couldn't do that nowadays. <laughs> yeah, I would uh I would hate to be like on the other side of the ball if like a brawl broke out or something. You know, just yeah, yeah. they don't want to try me, I'll pull out some some code. <laughs> yeah, so like any opposing, you know, players are watching right now, I'd run away from number seventy two. <laughs> <laughs> um it's kind of kind of coming off that you you know you're going to go to the Vols Leader Academy um kind of explain what that is and and what you'll be doing there so it was it's it's a class we take and the whole premise of it is us to uh to coach coaches across Tennessee sports select players on their team to get get in this class it's two core cohorts it's like 40 40 something people and the whole idea is we learn different ways to use sport and our platforms to be leaders in our community and in our sports and uh, how, how we can do different types of leadership. So the first semester, we're learning all about ourselves, who we are, what kind of leaders we are, uh, what kind of leadership areas there are, how you can be a leader, just kind of like the core values of what we believe and what we want. And then the second semester, we put those things in practice. We learn how to organize games for for kids. The whole point of the year is to train us. So in the summer, we actually leave us to the 4th. We leave on the 29th to go to the Philippines. And we'll go and we'll get to hang out with a bunch of kids and use what we've learned about leadership to uh, lead these kids through different sports activities and just hang out with a bunch of the, the people there. So I'm super excited for that. That'll be like a two-week thing. But it's an awesome class, getting to learn, meet these other people in different sports and learn about ourselves, learn about our personalities and be able to grow and who we are and then be better leaders in our team. So it's an awesome experience. Right. I've heard I've heard Coach Hopple talk a little bit about it the last two years. And, yeah, it's, it's super, super cool. And is, is it something like you're – like you sign up for or are you, are you like chosen to do it? Okay. That's awesome. So the coach nominate people, and then you have to do an interview, and then they the people that run the class they they pick you if they like you. Okay, well that makes that makes sense then. <laughs> yeah, um, it's a, a real good group of people, and I'm excited for this trip. We're we're going to be able to get do a lot of good and uh, hang out with a bunch of cool people and learn a lot and just grow as human beings. Right. Uh, yeah, that's awesome, man. Um, I I know you can play both guard, you know, you know, and tackle when you come in. I've heard rumors you might be getting some some work in in at center. I do a lot of center and guard. I don't do I don't do any tackle, but 
I do a lot of center and guard. I, when I first got here last year, they started teaching me center and then did a lot of center uh, last spring. Um, then got switched to left guard for uh, the season. And then during spring ball this year, it was a mix of both, a lot of center and then a, a good bit of left guard. So probably end up being left guard this year and then for the season and then the backup center uh, for, for Coop. So that's kind of really kind of what we're looking at. Gotcha. Do you prefer a, a specific position or just just like being prefer, out there? I prefer whichever one gets me on the field fastest. I, I gotcha. <laughs> They're both I fun. Gotcha. I always say guards easier and centers more fun just because it's so much more mental, so much more thinking involved. It's more fun. It definitely sucks at times. And you got a, a three down front in front of you and you got a big fat this 360 pound lard in front of you breathing down right. your <laughs> it's fun you get to use your brain you get to get to think about it you got to make the calls and you got to read stuff so i always think center's more fun but guard's definitely a lot easier right yeah i was always like fullback or, or tied in and my my junior year we went to the spread and like we had like 35 players on the team so most of us went both ways um and I was like, yeah, I just get to play linebacker. And uh, I was like, got, I like went back to the back of the line. You know, they was like trying people out at center. And then I ended up having to play at my junior and senior. But I really did enjoy it. I didn't think I would, but I did like it. Yeah, no, fullback's fun. I did fullback in middle school, linebacker in middle school. Those are real fun, just getting to run through holes and tear people up. Uh, what What's Coach Ellerby like? I, I've had the opportunity to meet him once. Um definitely offensive line you know guy man just laid back and you know collective and stuff but what's he like as a coach he's a great guy he's real uh real fun to be around great coach knows what he's talking about has a different style of coaching uh, of what we do we do something that I don't think any other school in the country does with like our, our footwork and stuff like that and he just has a different approach at things, and he he does a fantastic job. Real great guy, just real fun to be around. Uh, good to talk to. Great family. Uh, love hanging out with his, his son Griff. Great people. Just fantastic guy. Right. Yeah, I, I was pretty impressed with you know with him. He, you know, I went to the coach's clinic and you know got to hear him talk a little bit. But yeah, um, yeah, he's a real good guy. What's I know you've got a while to think about it, but what's life after football look like for you at the moment? I have a few ideas of what I'd like to do. Uh, right now I'm in business finance and I'd like to use that, learn about money, uh, maybe get into real estate one day. Uh, big goal, hopefully make it to the NFL and have a successful career and take the money that I get from there to put into either starting a business or getting into real estate and just kind of creating that passive income system for me and then using that to be able to support my family and retire young and enjoy life to its fullest. I heard that. <laughs> that was what I was going to ask if you had any NFL, you know, aspirations. Absolutely. That's the, that's the main goal. Work hard every day, try and uh, get there and, tear it up uh, yeah you got you got a little bit banged up last year right like early yeah during the during the season i injured my my right hand i had a um 
compression compression fracture and partial tear and my um basically my middle finger knuckle area uh, that got all messed up but we're all good now just good a little go. a little crooked but <laughs> yeah i remember you having the cast on and you know i didn't know if it was wrist or you know or what it was exactly now just fingers it, it's tough at center your your fingers are so exposed and because you got to be able to grip the ball it's not like you can wear a glove and with with my other hand my other hand's fine just because I, I take my fingers like this kind of like spock you know right give the extra support to the fingers but you can't really do that at center so it's banged up a little bit but you know, it's the name of the game. It's a grown man's sport, as LRB says. And oh, uh, yeah. got to get through it. Got to do what you got to do for the team. So things happen. But I'm all good now. Speaking of that, is there any not, – I'm not I'm not saying, like, scared, but, like, in, like, back when I used to play, like, there was a few people, like, you know, they might not beat you, might be a tie, whatever. But on the defensive line, like, is there anybody you just kind of dread, like, going up, you know, like, you're just like, oh, this is going to hurt. Elijah Simmons, 100%. Elijah Simmons. <laughs> 100%. Every time I go against it, it's, especially at center, at guard, it's fine. When I'm at center and I have to go against him, I get to the line, I'm like, Elijah again. He's Terrible. so big, dude. He is one of the most powerful human beings I've ever met in my entire life. Um, you know the, the, the football bars for bench? The, yeah. like the right thing with like the grips yeah so he's broken like three of them he'll have like four plus plates on it and he's benching it so aggressively the recoil snaps <laughs> he's broken like three of them that's how powerful this guy is and god it hurts it hurts really bad he's so wide too. like you could put you could put a third number on him easily like <laughs> oh, probably put four on him yeah <laughs> He's a dually. Then I seen the video of him singing the national anthem, and I was like, "Man, this dude's crazy." It's unbelievable. It's crazy. You look at him and you think, "Oh, this big, just like tough man," but he is like the voice of an angel. Like right, yeah. That dude, (laughs) he'll sing in the. He'll be singing every day. He's singing singing something in the locker room, just like practicing to himself. And it's it's just like a little concert every time you go in the locker room. It's great. He can. He's so good at that. Oh, the land of the free and the home of the, the brave. He could be a choir if he wanted to. Yeah, it almost makes you think he kind of grew up, you know, maybe doing it or something. But Oh, definitely. Yeah, we, we, he got to um, – he's in my Vol Leaders class. And for one of our projects, it was kind of like we did a presentation, talked about who we were, like our leadership and all this stuff. And then his presentation, he showed a video of him in high school and he had done this um, like, I don't remember what it was, what it was for, but basically he it was a video of him singing with some other people. And I had never really like, like heard him sing like with music and all this stuff. And like he was like trying, it was like professionally done, like video. Mm-hmm. This dude sounded great, and he's uh, he's wearing his little high school football jersey, it's all tight, and he's all <laughs> jacked up, and he's got these little children next to him. They're his age, but now smaller than him, and they're like little tiny people next to him, and he's got this like beautiful voice. It's awesome. 
<laughs> yeah, that, I I was super super impressed whenever I and that's hard, the national anthem's hard to sing too. You know, it's it's not easy. Oh, to, especially in front of all those people. Yeah, I, yeah, I would I would butcher it <laughs> bad. Um, so we're you know we're under ninety days now, or definitely will be when we we air this. Um, until Tennessee football starts back. So so what can Tennessee fans expect out of Addison Nichols this season? They can expect me giving my all for the team and going out there and whooping some Alabama and Georgia butt. Oh, I love it. I love it. I had Jeremiah Crawford on and uh he said he said Georgia's definitely going down. So I love oh, yeah. it, man. Oh yeah, we're gonna have another earthquake this year. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> another gold post in the river. I'd love to see that. <laughs> oh, it's gonna happen, I believe. <laughs> I sure hope so. I sure do. All right, man. Well, hey, I appreciate you. I appreciate you very much. All right. How about that interview with Addison Nichols? Pretty good stuff. He's all over the place with his hobbies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially a man that big doing doing taekwondo and, <laughs> and he plays the piano. And I think I'm going to put him on my baseball team for some golf. Yeah. Might, might as well, man. Big time recruit, number four offensive lineman in the country uh, last year when we brought him in. Uh, ended up red shirting. Super young, but he's gonna be he's gonna be elite for Tennessee one day, I believe. Yeah, he'll be really really good. I would say this: he may be in Taekwondo, but I'm a three time Karate Black Belt Hall of Famer, and you're a three time dual champion. So I'm gonna have to bring him on here for the for the duel. I love the the beating Bama and Georgia quotes from these players. He says there's gonna be another goalpost t- t- taken to the river. It's going to be a bigger fine, but I can't wait. Oh, bring it on. We got, we got the money. I love the motivation they got to beat these teams. It makes you feel good. And the pops on Elijah Simmons, man. He he can he can rip a he can rip it for for a big man like that. He kind of kind of surprises you. Um all right, that was our weekly interview. We'll be back with Florida, Alabama, Georgia or other presented by C&D Tire in Oak Ridge. And we're back. We got Florida, Alabama, Georgia, or other presented by CND Tire in Oak Ridge. Number one, man suspected of drawing giant penis on the flight radar. Man suspe- <laughs> suspected of drawing a giant penis on the flight radar. Florida, Alabama, Georgia, or other. What the hell is a flight radar? You know, like the like you see it, like you can see like the tracker, like the plane tracker. It's it's twenty twenty three. You can do whatever the, you want, but but you know it, it sounds like someone that's it's goofing off a little bit. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Florida. Maybe had a little bit too much to drink. Alabama, they ain't got no planes in Alabama, Georgia, Georgia. <laughs> this happened in Orlando, Florida. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, the the website Flight Radar twenty four allows viewers to see where planes are flying. All around the world. Uh, Thursday, flight fans spotted a Johnson (laughs) hovering just southwest of Orlando, Florida. Um, It's highly unlikely the plane's pilot just just skyrocket a penis out of thin air, but um, 20 miles of penis apparently (laughs) was what the pilot had in mind. (laughs) I have that app. It's pretty neat. Oh, do you? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You think this is like a segment of flight school or... I mean, like, you spend a few months learning the like little instruments in the, the plane. The instructor was a dickhead. Landings and emergency procedures and flight time, and then at the end you just get to draw whatever you want <laughs> in the sky. 
Ring them in the cockpit. <laughs> Number two, thieves steal $3,000 worth of Rogaine and Crest teeth whitening products in a CVS. Florida, Alabama, Georgia, or other. You said teeth, so mm-hmm. it eliminates Alabama. <laughs> other. Other. I'll take Georgia. Georgia. This happened in Rhode Island. Yes. East Greenwich police were after a man and a woman who stole $3,000 worth of products from CVS on the South County Trail. I guess this really is a thing, though, because like once I looked this up, there was all kinds of things going up about people stealing teeth whitening strips and Rogaine. So I guess there must be some good resale value in, in them products. Are they making something out of them? I mean, that, that's true. There's probably some meth or something you can <laughs> forge together with it or something. All right, number three, contractor misspells the word school on school's crosswalk. Like where you walk, you know what I'm talking about? Where you walk across the... Up, up to the school. Uh-huh. S-K-U-L-L, school. S-K-O-O-L. Hmm. That's got to be Alabama. That's got to be Alabama. Doral, Florida, a road crew. Disappointed. <laughs> I had more confidence in Florida than a that. A road crew in Florida have one job, and the workers definitely get an F for spelling the massive letter school or the massive letters, you know, school on the crosswalk. They misspelled that not once on April 18th, 2019, but two years later on April the 26th. The same contractor has done it again. <laughs> that makes it even better. They must work where I work at. <laughs> Number four, employee misplaced marijuana in Wendy's burger. Hell yeah. That that happened in Atlanta. I'm going to guess Georgia. Alabama. Alabama. It happened in Alabama. A mm. former Wendy's employee, Amy Sieber, uh, laid claim to a half-smoked marijuana joint found in a customer's burger. She said that she misplaced it in the burger and was promptly fired and arrested for possession of marijuana. <laughs> she wasn't in possession of it anymore. I know. She gave it away, mm-hmm. man. Buried in the finger they found in Wendy's chili. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I may go to Wendy's. Number five, man arrested for cussing. Georgia. They like talk a lot of shit down there. <laughs> they just bark. There's, there's got to be a First Amendment story to this somewhere, but I'm going to go with I'm going to go with other. Other. Milwaukee, Wisconsin. A Milwaukee man, Tim Duncan, was fined $500 for disorderly conduct after he swore on a bus. Specifically, he used the words Starting with F and starting with S. Uh, he was given the fine after undercover police officer on the bus overheard him, ordering him off the bus. <laughs> Duncan, I merely sworn while having a conversation and hadn't directed it towards anybody specifically. When Duncan went public with his, uh, you know, content to, you know, fight the fine, the Milwaukee County Sheriff's Department explained they had a zero tolerance policy in regards to disorderly behavior on buses and it was a issue of quality of life for the area citizens well, that's some bullshit <laughs> he's still a hell of a basketball player oh uh, yeah <laughs> he is a good he's a great great basketball player 
All right, we'll be back to close out today's show. That was Florida, Alabama, Georgia, or other, presented by CND Tire in Oak Ridge. Hey, y'all, it's the Vol Daddy. The CND Tire Pros are your go to experts for nearly all of your vehicle needs. Located in the heart of Oak Ridge at 164 Fairbanks Road, they've got a 4.8 out of 5 star rating, and that's very hard to do in the tire business. Tire installation, wheel alignment, wheel balancing, tire rotation, tire repair, brake changes, oil changes, hell, they'll even paint your back porch. I've known Zach since he was in diapers. We went to church together, we went to school together, we played football together. And he's been changing tires since he's been in diapers. Give them a call today, 865-483-7455. Like them on Facebook, that's CND Tire, 865-483-7455. out the show what'd you think about it justin i had a great time you know appreciate the invite today you know i hope to come back again whenever spank doesn't show up you know i heard he's uh taking care of some uh funny things but you know that's spank for you <laughs> he's dodging me uh, he's dodging you he's dodging, he's dodging me beautiful bobby eaton's better than dolph ziggler but you know that's <laughs> no another, that's no. their story uh don't don't forget about our live show this saturday Nine to five. Um, that's going to be at Smoky Mountain Convention Center for the Smoky Mountain Sports Showcase. Like them on Facebook. They've got the event there. We're going to do some live giveaways. Dylan Sampson's going to be there. Abby Eckler, DJ Jefferson, Jalen Wright, Billy Ratcliffe, uh, Gerald Riggs Jr., Chip McCollum. Um, it's going to be going to be fun. There's going to be a whole be lot more than that. Doing autograph signings. Doing autograph signings. Um, like a meet and greet kind of ordeal. Yeah, they're going to have, uh, I'm sure they'll be selling cards and just kind of like a sports expo or, or something. Yeah, uh, they have on the Facebook uh, page listed all who's going to be there, uh, how much it is to get something signed, what you can buy there to get signed if you don't have something yourself to sign, stuff like that. They got all the details. Yes, yeah, so uh, yeah, come come by and, and check us out in Pigeon Forge Saturday. And, and that's at Smoky Mountain uh Sports Showcase by Pomo Nodes on Facebook. Yep. Yep. Got anything else? That's it. That's it. All right. Episode four in the books. Uh, hope y'all like it. Go See Vols. You. Go Vols. Get Vols deep. Woo.